0: Hello. Hello. Podcast Network Asia. You are listening to the second season of the last 24 hours. This time, True Crime Gets Supernatural. We kick off with part one of a three-part series entitled The Haunting: Murder from Beyond the Grave. For some, death is just the beginning. When dying happens suddenly and violently, that victims are ripped away from the brilliance of their lives and reduced to nothing but a body, mere skin, blood, and bones, their anguish leaves an imprint, like a cry in the very space where their brutal end occurred. For some victims, that's when the story begins, the start of an unusual journey to get their stories hold from beyond the grave, and in the process, somehow hold the perpetrators accountable. Welcome to Season 2 of The Last 24 Hours. In this three-part series, you'll perhaps want to lock your doors, turn off the lights, have a little glass of liquid courage on hand as we listen in for a few moments of spirited, true crime storytelling, in the company of a few vengeful spirits. There are places that get under your skin even before you set foot on it. Places that make the tiny hairs at the back of your neck tug and pull as if it's saying you shouldn't be here, run and stay away. Places full of phantom voices that whisper and weep, asking for help, asking to be seen, asking you to join them. Places like the Manila Film Center. Inspired by the Parthenon in Athens, the Manila Film Center is located in the southwest end of the Cultural Center Complex of the Philippines. It was built in 1981 with the aim of hosting the best of Philippine cinema and serve as a grand setting for an event that was expected to usher the arrival of the country as a cultural center of the East. That event would be the first international film festival in the Philippines, and if then First Lady Imelda Marcos had it her way, would propel the country as the Can of the East after the glamorous film festival in France. Nowadays, the structure is all but abandoned after years of mysterious unfortunate incidents that have added to its sinister history, giving a new generation of Filipinos fresh hair-raising stories of hauntings. After it was declared unstable, in the aftermath of the 1990 earthquake, the center went through a 300 million peso rehabilitation and was leased to the Amazing Philippines Theater, the producers of The Amazing Show. Billed as the largest transvestite show in Asia, The Amazing Show lasted at the center until its lease expired in 2009. It was a colorful and entertaining show and not only brought back the crowds, including a touch of glamour to the storied columns of the film center. It also brought back, or rather brought out, restless spirits. In 2013, blogger Ken Summers of Week in Weird told a story in a post about a mysterious murder that sparked added tales of hauntings at the film center. According to a story he heard from a local, soon after the amazing show began its run, something strange started happening involving taxi drivers operating in the area late at night. Several taxi drivers reported stories of stopping for a bloodied and injured woman in the vicinity of the center. She would climb inside and ask the drivers to take her to the nearest hospital. When the taxi drivers would get to their destination, however, he would look back only to find the back seat empty. Ken Summers surmised that this is possibly the ghost of a murdered transvestite who was rumored to have died in Pasay City between 1998 and 2001. Allegedly, her body was dumped at the film center, but no investigation was ever carried out into her murder. In the late 90s, lured by its paranormal history, a group of spiritists and recreational ghost hunters would conduct a spiritual investigation of sorts inside the film center. Along with a TV crew, journalist Peter Parisma wrote in an article for ANC Online that he went inside with 10 people and was so shaken by his experience that it literally scared the pants off him in that he came home after the ordeal in nothing but his underwear. Led by psychic journalist Tony Perez, they conducted their investigative shoot in the evening. Using only flashlights, they made their way in pitch blackness when Tony Perez remarked that one of the spiritists can see a strange man, not a member of their party, standing next to their cameraman, a man who looked like a construction worker. Peter turned to look but remarked that he saw no one. However, as they stopped in one area to say a group prayer, Peter said the following. My ungifted eyes were unprepared for what I saw next. In the middle of the prayer, led by the questers, the flames of the rings of candles suddenly, for a second or two, all tilted to the same side, unquestionably, conspicuously, and evidently so to each of us that we took quick glances at each other and asked, what was that? In the same article, he added that the group heard distant hammering, chiseling, or masonry work but when they attempted to find the source of the phantom construction work, they found no one. Before leaving, Tony Perez advised everyone in the group to say another prayer and to remove their clothing before entering their respective homes, claiming that elementals or bad spirits in the center might have clung to their clothes in their desperation to move on in the afterlife. Peter Perisma stripped down to his underwear before coming home. His pile of ghost-tainted clothes stayed in his garage for a week. This isn't the first time that people have attempted to communicate with the restless spirits of the Film Center. In 1982, during the frenzied lead-up to the first International Film Fest, volunteer usherettes reported smelling something odd and feeling a strange presence marked with something cold blowing on their skin. Additionally, two Film Center security guards died under mysterious circumstances and that a projection screen inexplicably fell to the ground. According to Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Ellison's book On the Former First Lady, this was when Imelda decided to call for an emergency exorcism. An Esquire Philippines article on the curse of the film center indicated that no effort was spared to cleanse the place. There were exorcism rites, pagan rites, Catholic rites, and Chinese rites. Officers in charge of the event were even given amulets or things to ward off evil spirits. On January 18th, the morning of the festival's first day, several Igorot priests performed another ritual on the site at 5 am. Pigs and chickens were slaughtered and offered as a sacrifice to appease any lingering spirits asking them to cross over to the afterlife. For the ritual to be effective, the Igorots advised everyone who attended the ritual, including the president's daughter Aimi, to eat the sacrificial offering. Nena Benigno, the former public relations officer of the International Film Fest, recalled that Aimee instructed the Igorots to eat the dead animals instead. After all, they had food catered by Via Mare. We want to say hi and big thanks to the guys from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description below to follow some Kumu streamers. According to Beatriz Romolde's franchise account of the event in her book, Imelda and the Clans, the film center was completed with such haste, the carpenters were still hammering and workers were sweeping away debris as international guests started to arrive. The New York Times called the event an all-out spectacular for the estimated 300 international guests that included George Hamilton, Peter Ustinov, and Priscilla Presley to name a few. Imelda Marcus threw such lavish parties throughout the 12-day duration of the event that guests compared it to the Hollywood of the 20s, a Cecil B. DeMille production. Additionally, The New York Times reported the following. At a glittering formal party in the 16th century Fort Santiago, the first lady looked like a queen dressed in a white terno with multi-carat diamond drop earrings, three diamond studded bracelets, and a diamond necklace She presided under high-powered movie lights with her husband, President Ferdinand Marcos, over a medieval pageant complete with a procession of native dancers, beauty queens and religious floats carrying bejeweled figures of the infant Jesus. After the parade came fireworks and dinner. She ended the evening disco dancing with Mr. Hamilton and Jeremy Irons if the guests only knew. Underneath the glare and glitter of the chandeliers, the paparazzi and the glamour of the red carpet reception, guests danced and celebrated over the bodies of the very men who built their grand setting, a total of 168 tortured souls. Listen to the continuing episode of The Haunting, Murder from Beyond the Grave, on The Last 24 Hours, where we now follow the events that turned the Manila Film Center from a cultural venue into a tomb. Don't miss out on new episodes. Like, subscribe to The Last 24 Hours, or follow the podcast on Facebook at Historia Nijat, where you can get in touch, tell me your thoughts, suggest cases, or just say hello. I'll do my best to get back to you.